Hi, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Prey vs. Predator. This episode is part of a series we're doing with a very special guest and friend of the pod, Sophia. She has such an incredible story, and we didn't want to cut it short. Some of the details of her story are really difficult to hear, so listener discretion is advised. Finally, quick reminder that we have a Patreon page. You can give as little as $3 a month to support us in our efforts to educate and arm the prey of the world. Thanks again for tuning in, and we really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Prey vs. Predator, the podcast. We are so thrilled for you to join us. On this glorious day, I have my compatriots, PJ and Jill, and we've got a special guest, Sophia, that we are thrilled to share her story and debrief her experiences and just find out more about her. Welcome, Sophia. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we're going to start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. Tell us about your childhood and um, well, like, what's important for us to know about you and setting the stage for your story. Okay. Um, I had pretty steady childhood until I was in adolescence and my father lost his job and he turned to alcohol at that time and... Um, manifested more of his alcoholism and it became it switched from kind of that casual drinking to being very abusive alcoholic and so my whole adolescence was filled with a lot of verbal abuse my mom her way of coping was working a lot and escaping and so I was left in the home to be the primary caregiver in a lot of ways like by grade six coming home and cooking dinner and then doing dishes and doing all the cleaning and the housework and then yard work, all the things. So as the time progressed, it became more and more abusive as I got older. And so that was kind of the core of my childhood Did you experience. ever think that that wasn't okay? Or I knew like, it how wasn't did you... okay. It's funny, my brother, my brother said he went to another family's home and sat and had dinner with them. And it felt like so foreign. He was like, oh, it was like, a. not every family's like this. Mm, And so it takes time. I think when you're just in it and you don't have language, you don't have any, anything to compare it to, it is your normal. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was normal. So did you, I know for myself, I, you know, certain aspects of your childhood resonate for me, the responsibility and all that kind of, Mm -hmm. did you find that you were resentful or were you just, like I was angsty as a teenager. You didn't go through any of that? Oh, I I think it was anxiety more than anger. Um, I was always trying to keep it together to protect my brother. I was the oldest, but I've always been that person. I'm a caregiver. so, So doing all the things felt pretty natural for me. You know, but as I got older, I started, obviously, by the time I come to the end of my teens, start to go, hey, like, this is not okay. And then I ended up going to university to get my degree in psychology so that I could figure out how to not repeat a pattern. Right. Good idea. Yeah. Didn't work that great. We'll find out later. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> woo, <laughs> tried. So how did, how did you meet your predator? Was it in university? Uh, it was at, I met him. I actually came out to a different city. I was visiting a friend and, uh, we met and, um, 
It was an instant connection. I saw him. He was part of a group of her friends. Instant connection. So I was already well in my way in university by then. And so, yeah. And that's when we met. What what first attracted you? Like, what mm-hmm. was the instant connection? Tell us a little bit about that. So dynamic. Very popular in that group. Very funny. Very charming. Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. Levi's. <laughs> Maybe yeah. part of it. So he's <laughs> so young. Yeah, yeah, he's good looking. He had all the things, right? And so, yeah, he just swept me off my feet in a very uh, fast and furious way. Like how? Well, from the first time I met him was um, in the fall. Uh, and we are engaged by January 1st. Six weeks from the time that we had our first official date to being engaged. And what? with full family support. So was he pursuing you or you were pursuing him? Or oh, you were he was your... pursuing me. And how yeah. did he do that? Um, it was long distance, actually. We only saw each other on the weekends. Um, but he would phone and send flowers and talk and just all the things. So even because of the phone, right, then you can connect even deeper, right? You can talk, you can share, you can do all those things. So, yeah, it was very quick. So how did he fit into what you were learning with your psychology degree? Was he like part of the dream that you were constructing that your life was going to be? Yeah, like maybe, I don't know if I would connect those dots quite that way. I wasn't maybe, you know, you're young. So was I able to formulate that? I think I was just caught up in all the romance, to be honest. It It was exciting. He was so charismatic and so attentive and just like always complimenting you and just all the things that just fill you up, right? So did you meet his family at the time? Yeah, I did. And they were supportive and excited and they um, have a religious background so they could see that there was heat. So they thought you better get married quick. It's better to get married than burn with passion, (laughs) right? (laughs) So they were very gung-ho on things going quickly. And of course, my my home life was conflicted and difficult. So to exit quickly seemed like a really good idea. Sure. Mm. Uh, when did you, like, were the red flags? When did you realize that perhaps this was not a fairy tale? Uh, several weeks after our com- we had made a commitment to each other, um, we sat down one night. We'd actually stayed at my parents' house for the night and Um, He said, there's something I need to tell you. And um, this was probably, let's see, within, this was, we'd had only been together maybe a year. So from the very beginning. And he said, there's something I need to tell you. And he said, in my past, I, I had pornography addiction. I'd seen prostitutes. And this is part of my story, but it totally went away when I met you. Mm-hmm. And now I feel free. Mm-hmm. And he cried. He showed and he showed like deep regret. And he was, and for me, it was like, he's vulnerable. He's being transparent. He's uh, taking this risk with me. We cried together. And that actually drew me in even yeah. more in how, he was being so honest, yeah. but looking back, wow, okay, our relationship had been a lie. Yeah. Hmm. And that commitment that I had made to him had been a lie. It was all, the foundation was a lie. Yeah. 
Do you think there was any hints of this when you were dating? No. Or did he really well hid this it was, I part had, of himself? I had no clue. No clue None at all. None whatsoever. So when including he, him, uh, he was he had told me he was a virgin when we got married. So you can imagine it's like he was he was selling a spirituality. He was selling he was selling self regulation, right? All the things that drew me into him. And so you can imagine my surprise because this actually this event happened two or three weeks after we were married. And so I realized, wow, these vows had lies, and I mm. but I couldn't see it then. I see it now. Mm. But it was like the foundation was there. So did I answer the question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the first flag. Mm -hmm. And how did you deal with it? Again, another regret. I should. We should have gotten help. But it was like, that was the end of the story. It was like, we cried together. You yeah. told me. Now it's gone away. I believe you. You're married now. You have unlimited access. So why would you struggle? Right? So you kind of... Uh, cover it up or you make it a little bit prettier than it is or you can't cope with it at the time i think well, so and, and i mean it's new i'm young i'm a new bride i'm not gonna blow up my marriage week three right we're gonna mm -hmm. keep going well and it sounds like the way it was framed to you was was wonderful like like this uh, you, you are uh an angel that has been sent to free me. Yes. And now I'm free. And so this dark thing that was true is not true. And, you know, we, we talk about this being like evil genius. Yes. Um, it's just framed in a way that you end up feeling really wonderful about who you are. Yeah. And um, because it's wrapped up in this. And you're praised. You're praised right. for being so loving. You're praised for being so understanding. You're, how did I... How did I ever find you? Yeah. Someone who's this loving. So here right? you so so the, what do I want to be. Yes. I want to be loving. Yeah. Right? It's who I am. I want to I want to be in I want to nurture you. I'll support you. Did you feel that way? Did you feel proud or praised in that moment or was there some hint of like not sure how I feel about this? I don't think I gave myself permission to do that. To reflect on how it was impacting me. If you could go back um, uh, to that moment, um, what would you, as you now, mm. yeah, with your strength and what you know, um, what would you say in that? What would you want yourself to say in that moment now? Ron, girl. <laughs> <laughs> to him or to, to him. yourself? Oh, to him. To him. To, to yeah. him? Yeah, when, okay. he, when, when he shared uh, all this with me. you in, this, in, in these glorious ways, what would you like to do? Uh, what would you like to have spoken to him in that moment that's a great one i think i'd want to say it sounds to me like you have a very big problem and for us to move forward i'm going to need to see you do the work mm, brilliant i think too is there's often this magical thinking and a lot of religious or even when you're young it can just go away yeah and we all know as we get older that things don't just go away. They compound or they, mm -hmm. if you don't really work on them. So I can see as being a young woman, uh, believing him. Oh, mm -hmm. it, it just miraculously went away. Uh, mm -hmm. We just prayed and then yeah. it went away. Yeah. Because God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's a story we tell ourselves. A story I told myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you had kids. Mm -hmm. And how did that... How did that affect your relationship and what was going on? Yeah, so it was 
it was a full on, like, like it was wonderful and charming, like all the things until I got pregnant. Yeah. And then there was a shift and it, it was a gradual shift. I saw him withdrawing. He wasn't successful financially. I could see the pressure mounting. Um, I was the primary bread earner. And so that's going to change. So all these dynamics are changing. So baby one, he's withdrawn. It continues the financial pressure, the stress. Anger is now coming up. Things are becoming more abusive. Um, a lot of yelling, a lot of uh, controlling types of behavior start to emerge. And then it would it would cycle, right? You'd have this loop. It would be like, oh, things are wonderful and, da -da -da, and we're going to do this. And then then the withdrawal and slowly like how, this. How would he withdraw? Like, what did that look like? Well, he disappeared. Like he oh, created a job. He, he created, he had a job that was uh, in the evenings. So you would never know where he was. It was mm -hmm. very much a lack of accountability. Well, I had another client and and so he could be gone um, at, at night. And so I would be alone with the baby a lot, right? And then it got more and more like, like I grew up watching soap operas, for example, hmm. uh, with my mom, who's our thing. Me right? too, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Well, he forbid that. So he cut off cable. So, but like a good wife, I went to Radio Shack and I got, <laughs> I got rabbit ears. I hid them in the toy box. People don't I'm know what rabbit emitting. It's just not my thing. So <laughs> people don't know what rabbit ears are. This yeah. is way back Yo, in the day where yeah. you put them on top of your TV and you could get channels. It's like <laughs> free basic channels for free. Yes, that's how old I am. It's unfortunate. So a new mom with new babies. Yeah. You had real needs, right? Mm -hmm. Was was he able to meet your emotional needs? Like, tell us about that. In the short answer, uh, yes and no. Okay. In the cycle, there was seasons where yeah. it was lovely. And mm -hmm. then it would withdraw again until I was lonely, alone, frazzled, exhausted. I would communicate needs. And then there would be an explosion. And then the love bombing, if you want to call it that, the yeah. love, the connection would all come back. And so you do that, but, but it would just, yeah. But then you get so immersed in the baby. So baby two comes, you get so immersed in, in caregiving yeah. that you can kind of let, let it go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you don't have, you can't, you, you, oh, well, we're not connecting, but that's pretty normal. Right. We have a young family. We're all tired. You know, he's doing his best trying to make a living, but it's getting worse. Right. The control, like punching the roof of the car when I'm, expressing my needs like different things like that so mm -hmm. and the financial pressure is mounting mm -hmm. my parents are rescuing us regularly because they're in a bad spot seeing that I don't have enough money for food for clothes for things the basics of life cars break down because they're all junk so all the pressures mounting 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 so then into um after a few years um baby two is uh not quite two years old yet between one and two and i we just got internet we got a computer for christmas right brand new Woo, how Woo exciting the 486. This, there's this cool yeah. internet thing you're not gonna believe it right so computer comes in within three months i look on there and in the morning i see boom it's full of porn right wow. and so he was not tech savvy, so he just turned off the power button of the monitor. <laughs> That's not that bright. So, <laughs> so, 
So that was the discovery, the first real discovery of pornography. Things started to mount. I'm putting pieces together. Did you say something in that moment or were you too uh, I phoned him to and I said, this happened. He said, oh, yeah, something popped up. So I phoned a spiritual advisor and said, this is what I found. What should I do? And she said, don't ask any more questions. We will, um, let's come together. Let's meet and let's come up with a plan so I can don't support ask. you in it. Wow, so I can support you. Do you think that, don't ask any more questions. I'm kind of like confused by that. Yeah. Is it, what do you guys think? Do, is that a healthy response or is that like a another form of gaslighting in a sense or a... Her intention was that we were going to sit down together so that I wouldn't have a disclosure by myself. Okay. 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 So it was so going to happen safety. on the Monday. So that was on a Friday. Okay. She said, let's get together. We'll bring him in the room. We'll bring in, we're going to have her and another pastor into the room um, and we'll find out what's really going on. And then they had met earlier. The, the men's pastor had met earlier to find out all the information and she knew all the information and she said she had w just wept for me knowing what was coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that wasn't her first rodeo. No. Yeah. And so I remember going into that office, but over the weekend, I'm putting all the pieces together of all the missing timelines and all the things. Right. And so then that Monday, how did you two, um, interact with each other over the weekend when you both it was knew brutal. this was coming. It was so, he was just so like jittered and yeah, anxious yeah. and I was crying. Yeah. Just, I was a wreck. And then you got two babies to care yeah. for, right? Yeah. The anxiety was like through the roof. So that's my question is, how were you responding to all this pressure? Was your body telling you stuff? Yeah, Can I was you? shutting down. Like I was starting to totally power, like almost, you know, how your body just starts to curl in on itself, mm. right? And I'm trying to care for babies, but I'm in my bed and it's bracing. getting out of bed. Bracing, yeah. So that Monday we go in and he unloads this double life. So they didn't have to pry very hard. Like, did it seem like he wanted to tell you? I think they pried him very hard. Okay, okay. And I let him know if you leave one thing unsaid and I find out about it later, it's done. Okay, good for you. So this is your moment. So a lot came out. Again, prostitutes, strip clubs, all kinds of things. But the truth is that it didn't all come out that day. He kept some things back. And those things led to an arrest. Um. I won't give the details of that one because mm -hmm. it would tie me to a storyline. Um, and then I found out that he was also having an affair with a friend. So all of those things were happening simultaneously. Pretty busy. Yeah, he was very, very busy. busy. Did he actually have a job? <laughs> well, that's the point. He's never been able to actually work like a full time. He has the illusion of a job, right? But... I've always been the one that's actually carrying the load. So he was not effective at work. How do you manage all of that? Right? Yeah, that's what he I was, was making, wondering. I think, $10,000 a year so, at that time. So here... With so, two kids. Yeah, not not super helpful no. um, um, for you because you were trying to also primary caregivers, my understanding. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
for you, the first time, the first disclosure that you had talked about um, was him framing this in a way of it's done, it's over, you freed me. Yeah. Um, was there a framing for this moment? Was there, and and if so, what? How how did this come out? In what was his countenance? What was his yeah. energy? How did he frame it? Was there blame? Was there ownership? No. Was there? He didn't blame. He he. I'm a broken man. I'm devastated. I don't know how I could have done this to you. I'm so sorry. What can I do? He he put himself in a position like, I will, I'll do all the things. Like, I'll mm -hmm. do the laundry. I'll do the cookie. Like, you don't have to care for me. Like, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. I'm going to get accountability. I'm going to get a counselor. I'm going to get, like, I'm going to do all, I'm going to do the work. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't understand how I got here, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fight for us. Okay. Was there a victimhood involved? Like, 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 um, was there a sense of, um, you brought me to this or if no, I wasn't no, working? Like, like what I'm, what I, I was thinking more like, um, like when you say I'm broken, like, yeah. um, something bad happened to me. Um, yes. I was abused. Yes. Those um, things started to come out of the okay. woodwork at that time with therapist, abuse, background, early exposure to pornography, those kinds of things. So now we're linking it to trauma, yeah. right? Uh, this is not my fault. Yeah, that's, mm, that's kind of where not I was my wondering. Fault. This, is a, this, is a, uh, this is a product of my trauma. Right. And, um, and I, would, I was so empathetic. I was like, you have to love the boy to help heal the man. So I would, uh, visualizing the, the abused boy, and how can I love that boy mm -hmm. and heal that boy? Which which is pretty beautiful and where, and very empathetic and loving, right? Yeah. Where did that come from? That phrase. It sounds like a phrase someone used, or was it something you created to? I think that was in my own yeah my own introspection and how I related um, to it. You know, um, just knowing and even background and just knowing about trauma. Um, I, I had that empathetic response and, and that you'll see in my story is like, I am so aware now, but it took me a long time to even identify myself in the story. Like I, I didn't give myself the, the same compassion. I didn't, I didn't notice that I was being victimized. I, I wasn't, I was so caught up in his story yeah, taking I, care of I, him and taking care of him and the children and like uh, all of this that I, I lost myself in the story. I wasn't in it. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and, As so, a victim. and so this story that he was presenting ha gave you hope. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah. So it was another kind of hopeful story. Yeah. And at this point in your story, um, we have some reason to believe there's reason for hope that this is trauma. This is yeah. a brokenness. Yeah. This is, and he's willing to be loving and kind and, and reparative toward you. Yeah. Um, so then fast forward us a little bit. Like, like, yeah, very quickly he started a ministry to deal with purity. So that started to create the security, right? Look what I'm doing. I, now right. I'm helping others. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've learned this great thing and now I'm, I'm helping. Healed. I'm healed. I'm healed and now I'm helping others, 
right? Was it the space between all this disclosure and then creating a ministry? Was there much room between those two? Because I would think that there needs to be. Are you ready for this? Uh, I'm ready. June was disclosure started in September. Nice. Okay. Because that's not enough room. (laughs) No, he was not healed. Right? But, a, but another miracle healing. Yeah. Another yeah. miracle now that it's come yeah. out. I'm better again. So now like, we're. I've cleansed my conscience. Yeah. My secrets are out, right? You're only sick as the secrets that you keep. So I've told you the truth. So I'm not sick anymore. Would he use that kind of rhetoric? I'm curious because that can often be a symptom of like a, a predator is using this kind of language. Yes, later. Of, he okay. would learn the language as he went along because mm-hmm. this is still early. Yeah. This is this is uh many years ago. My children are adults now. So he he started a ministry. Yeah. Which I think takes a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Wow. But he was very um charismatic and I think yes. people were quite drawn to him, am I correct? Yes, very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Very um had all the skills. I And again, you learn as you go, as you reflect back, but he was so good at mirroring, mirroring who I am. Yeah, He learned a lot on how to be empathetic. Did he, <laughs> did he bring, like, I would think that if you're creating a ministry, you would try to go mentor under somebody. Yes. Did he do that? Like, I'm wondering if yes. he, he found another person who was predatory <laughs> to sort of hide behind and learn some skills. Um, I, I he did have a mentor, but I think that he used his charisma, his, his, his charisma to to dupe him too. Okay, yeah. So so you, he frames it um, in this in this more or less poor me, um, yeah. and um, and that's not to minimize the the, no, the profound of impact of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but at this point, we have reason to believe that this is what it is. Mm-hmm. At what point? Did it, did you realize this isn't what that was? Yeah, it was a long journey because we went on to, I ended up um, joining him in ministry and we ended up uh, planting a church um, and walked that all out. And so there was a lot of years where it would cycle again. We were back to those, those cycles and and more so like a lot of emotional neglect. Um, He learned how to, like the anger part was now quenched into like passive aggressive instead of being overtly angry. Mm. Like he learned how to manage. Can you give us some examples of what that looked like or felt like? Stonewalling, silent treatment. When you say stonewalling, what does that mean? Stonewalling um, along the, like, like not being willing to engage in, in the communication. Like I could share with you that I'm hurting, but I'm not going to engage you. Mm. I'm not going to validate you. I'm not going to um, let this go into an intimate space where we have conflict resolution. It was just like, I'm not talking about that. Right. And then if I push at silent treatment, I'm gone, like disappear. So you would say like, I'm hurting. Yeah. I'm lonely. Yeah. And what would he say? He would either give a response that he knew I wanted to make me go away. Like he got good at guessing like what I wanted to hear. So he'd do that as quick as possible, but there'd be no reconnect. Does that make sense? Like you said all the things, but we're still so disconnected. Mm -hmm. And so, or he would just silent treatment until I gave up. So the words that you're using now, 
Yeah. Are you understand what this was now? Yes. What was, and you had used the word like abuse earlier. Yeah. The cycle of abuse yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Did you understand that's what it was in the moment? If not, I saw it as a cycle, but I didn't call it abuse. So you saw that there was yeah, a pattern? A pattern. Yeah, that's a better word. What was the story that you told yourself around the pattern? If if not abuse, what what was it? That's a great question. I don't know if I gave it language. I okay. I think I again you're you're consumed with raising children and you're trying to keep it all together. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. I think for me, even when I decided to stay after that first disclosure, I I I wanted to keep my family together and protect my children and I was willing to to sacrifice myself mm -hmm. completely to keep my children mm -hmm. in an intact home. And so I I was willing to endure. Did you envision when you say sacrifice yourself? Like I'm very visual. Like I, in my story, I talk about being the recycling or garbage can for the abuse yeah. in order yeah. to change it and convert it into something good. Did you have that kind of energy? Like if I take it enough? Yeah. Or was it just like shutting down or not? You didn't even have needs because you couldn't? Like what was your experience? Well, as things progressed, there started to be a more of a shift towards blame. At the beginning, it was like, this is me, right? And But once we settled back into a relationship where uh, things weren't at risk of divorce, um, then it started to become more about me. So then the blame shifting started. And so then it, for me, it was like, read more books, try harder, mm -hmm. start a gratitude journal. Pedal. So, like, what what I, was the blame? Like what? what who's like, blaming? Who, like, who's blaming? Like, Are you he's, blaming? Or? He's blaming me okay. for like, why don't you trust me? Like all the, oh, yeah. all the ways of like, why is this still here? Like you told me you forgave me. Like, why are you asking me questions? Why do you want to see my phone? Like, like you're, you're a mistrust, like all that, oh. like you're being controlling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Being so, controlling. so your needs to feel are, safe are twisted yeah. into being um, criticized and, um, and hurtful to him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is a tool. Yeah. Right. This is the the flip, the twist. Yeah. So yeah. you come with a heart that says, I want you, I need you, I want to be close and connected. Yeah. Um, and part of the way I need that is to feel safe. And it helps me to feel safe if I check and make sure you are who you say you are. Yeah. Um and then that's flipped. Yeah. And yeah. and you're bad. And I'm bad for checking. You're, contr yeah. you're controlling. Yeah. You're yeah. skeptical. You're um unloving yeah right did exactly. you did you buy that like in that uh, moment yes and no I would, okay you again you do your own cycles like like you you start to believe the narrative and then you do the, you like how much more i'll do the work you're right i'll do mm. the work and then i was always trying to self-improve always trying to to uh get better right. and like another passive aggressive way that he controlled things was uh intimacy was never happening mm. like he would reject me like mm -hmm. constantly. So our sex life was terrible. And I'm like, you're a sex addict to your own words, but where's the sex? Right. So, um, did that, that frighten you then? Yeah. Because then it's like, I, well, well, he must, he's which, getting that somewhere. Where exactly. is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where is it? So then he would relabel that. Well, that's called sexual anorexia. It's a thing, right? You get to relabel it. Really? I don't think so. So, and that he's still part. teaching these courses. Uh-huh. 
at this time. Yeah. And now we're teaching marriage classes mm -hmm. together. We did that and until never, I and finally withdrew. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. And then I withdrew. I said, until our marriage actually looks like what we're preaching, I'm out. So I withdrew. Um, same with, and I watched, we do counseling together and I couldn't handle it because he would always like make the male, the victim in those settings. And it was like perpetuating the abuse. And I just, I, so I bowed out of that too. I'm like, I can't. So I would meet. T tell us about that a little mm. bit. How did, what did that look like? How yeah. did that, how did he make well, that look? He, he would reframe it. Like, well, reframe like what? Like if, like say the man's cheated, right? Because we were surrounded, right? It's what we did. The ministry right. was all about. Right. Everybody around us was right. cheaters, okay. right? So they cheated, but then he would look to the wife like, are you being kind? Are you being mm. like, it's your job to forgive. You're still holding this, right? Like so, what is the so, Bible say about forgiveness? Yeah. So even, so in some ways he's even preaching to you in this moment. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. we, we're now reframing. Yeah. And now, now we're starting to that accountability part that was sounded so good both yeah. times. It's yeah. me. I need to is now very slowly. Like you know, I, I mean, in my mind, I think that's a gaslight. Yeah, like like an ultimate mm -hmm. kind of very slow gaslight. Um, because how do you argue with the 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 head of the program? How do you argue with the creator of the content? Um, and you're in a setting with another couple who's hurting. I'm not going to fight with you in front of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I right. can't be fight the with you. I fought with you after. Let me tell you. The yeah. ride home was uncomfortable. Yeah. What are you saying? Right. And then we would fight. So then I, I withdrew from that process because I'm like, I can't, I, I, I can't be a part of this. Sophia, I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and guess, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Was there a spiritual element to that for you as well? Like you're not being a good Christian wife, you're not being loving, you're not, you know, here you would be, you would have been angry. Like what did the fight cost you? Um, I think that how, it was, it was even more uh, sophisticated than that. Cause now I can preach the message from the front about love. I can, I can, I can send it without sending it to you. So, so when you say I, you're talking about your ex-partner. Yeah, yes. So, so I can preach the message of love with extravagance mm. so that I'm sending you the message that anything outside of that is not love. And so it was much more sophisticated than in that moment, because in that moment, uh, he had learned enough how to, this is the passive part, Right. I know the language to calm you down. I'm going to use the language. I'm not going to fight you back. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that messy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the language to calm you down. But am I going to meet the need? Hell no. Right, right. Did he ever use like words that this is the type of wife you ought to be? Like um, at the that end. That we've all heard. So this is the middle of the story. But, okay. But, but we had a, like... So if I fast forward it, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there? there. Okay. So so it, if the word shame comes to my mind, because if I'm preaching at the front of, of of a church and and I'm saying this language of of you know love should be you know unconditional love should be this sort of sophisticated yeah. language of kind of I'm not saying this is what you should do, but I'm saying this is what all good women do or all good people do. Uh, is there a shame element that happens for you? Is that tapping into that? Uh, definitely. I think 
I think I spent most of the years of my marriage uh, spending all the time on my own growth and development. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I could just be a better wife, this yes. would go away. Yeah. I tried like with with body image things, like I went on radical diets to lose weight so I could be thin enough. I could oh. be pretty enough. I could mm-hmm. be smart enough. I could be um, emotionally available enough. I could like, I, I could be spiritual enough. Like you I could, was so on you could the be hamster wheel of, trying pedal so just keep pedaling to to fix it so hard to right did to, he ever use those against you or no, was it you just thinking about it that's that's trying how, to figure it out yeah that 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 was the mastery like i feel like he knew how much i wanted to be that person that it was easy mm-hmm. it was easy to to just little doop and then I would run with it. Yeah. It's so your so so your head was trying to make sense of it. Yeah. And so then I would go inside. I can't fix you, right? That would yes. be controlling. I right. don't, I'm not a controlling person. I you're right. I I have to fix me. That's yeah. the only person I can work on is me. Right. And this is going south. So I'm gonna just keep working on me. Totally. Okay. Did you read any books when you were trying to work on yourself that actually said it maybe is not you? I, I don't think at that time. I'm like, just I curious remember because so many books, books are, are about like, like what we can do, what to, we fix can do to fix ourselves. I don't remember. Yeah. It, Is there any book out there not, that's like, hmm, maybe it's not you. All the books are marriages, a dance. Oh, These relationships yeah. are a dance. You can, yeah. you know, um, even therapy, forget spiritually, therapeutically. It takes two to tango. Marriage yeah. is a dance. You can if you fix your marriage without talking to, about it. Um, mm. Uh, you know, his yeah. needs, her needs. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're defensive, your partner, you know, like if your partner might be critical because you're too defensive, they might be too defensive because you're too critical. If you fix being critical, it'll help them be less defensive. Yeah. It's like, okay, so if I just accept the abuse, then my partner won't have to be critical of me anymore. I won't be defensive. Yeah. If I and just I think I love you better. better. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week to hear more of Sophia's incredible story. For more resources, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Prey vs. Predator, the podcast. If you like this content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can choose between a one-time gift or a regular donation for less than a coffee. All donations go towards our production costs so we can continue to do this for years to come. See you next week. Thank you.